Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Birds flying high, you know how I feel Sun in the sky, you know how I feel Breeze drifting on by, but you know how I feel Is a new dawn, is a new day And I'm feeling Digital drummer Jim Newsom with Urban Tech Talk on the radio, and I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, his sidekick. How you doing today, Jim? I'm doing fine, Jackie. So, are you feeling good today? Oh, yeah, I love that rendition. That was a good song. 
Yeah, that was Judith Hill version of Nina Simone's Feeling Good. And she was on The Voice, I think, last season. So I'm a voice junkie. <laughs> and we got a shout-out, you know, to all our guests. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in listening in, and to everyone in the chat room. So what is going on, Jim, this week with the Urban Tech Fair? Oh, we had a nice little event here in uh, in Los Angeles. I was teaching uh, uh, that uh, Hour of Code class, uh, getting kids uh, familiar with coding, uh, to about oh, 45 different kids. They're running them in at uh, 15, uh, 15 kids to a class on a large mobile uh, tech van that we have here in uh, South Central to go from school to school, promoting access, uh, education, and commerce. And the kids loved it, and it was so funny. We were laughing because they they told me originally that these were uh, uh, high schoolers. Uh, so uh, when I picked out the uh, video for the tutorials, I picked it for um, uh, high school grade level. And I'm into the middle of my thing to get the kids in there. I get everybody lined up. I'm talking. I'm trying to familiarize myself with the equipment. It's the first class of the morning. And I'm telling them as I'm walking through the classroom, just read the instructions, follow the instructions, click on the tutorial. And one of the kids looks up at me and he says, uh, uh, what does initialize mean? That's when I realized that these were six-year-olds, I mean sixth graders and not 12th graders. So I was a little, I was a little bit over their head though. But they caught on quick, you know. They they weren't afraid of me at never. They were gonna try it. You know, children have no fear. They're like, okay, click on the button. <laughs> oh wow, that's great. Well, um, our special guest today is. Our special guest today helps small business owners and entrepreneurs work the web. So since we're here using Internet radio, let's hashtag today, hashtag work the web. And um, she is an Internet business strategist and web marketing consultant with over 17 years' experience in working with Internet projects for small business owners and entrepreneurs. A business and technology radio personality, our special guest, Chris Curtis Crawford, has been featured in Black Enterprise and quoted in articles in Forbes, MSN Money, and on websites around the globe. So in celebration of Women History Month and Living Legacies, our special guest today is Chris Curtis Crawford. So I'm going to open up this line on the 302 to see if this is she on the line. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Jim. How are you doing, Chris? Hi, Chris. I am doing great, and I, I just want to thank you for having me on during Women's History Month. It's such an honor to, you know, even be – I'm sitting here grinning from ear to ear because, you know, I've been doing the work of an Internet business strategist for a long time. You guys know that. And, um, you know, you never sometimes when you don't stop to smell the roses and someone acknowledges you for the things that you've done and things that you're doing, you, you almost have to think to yourself, are they talking about me? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? you know, I, I like, understand really? that. I did uh, all that. 
<laughs> so I, I just want to say married, thank you. Uh, I understand that married life has slowed you down, but as I posted earlier, you were one of the more uh, dynamic uh, uh, digital drummers uh, that was out there when I first got on the uh, on the web. We used to be going back and forth on uh, Connecting Black. You remember That's those correct. days? That's <laughs> correct. I remember that. I remember that. I remember when um, Digital Drummer was uh, an email newsletter you used to put out. Yeah, long time ago. In the long, fall, long time ago. Look how far you've come. That's great. You know, I, I do see the work that you do, and I see your post, and I see the activity on your page and on Twitter, and I'm really proud of you guys. You guys have really taken a hold of this initiative and kept people in touch with what's going on and, you know, beating that drum and really sharing information with people and connecting people. It's so important today because there are a lot of people doing great things, wonderful things, innovative things, and bringing new perspectives to the tech environment. And some of them, um, we we would not otherwise have heard of them. So, again, I thank you for the platform. And you're right, married life has definitely um, slowed me down. I have to admit that, you know, my mother <laughs> died last year. <clears throat> my mother died oh, last year. Okay. I got married oh, last sorry. year, and I bought a house last year all in succession. Wow. And so that really just like, woo, talk about winded. <laughs> so, yeah. um, remember, you know, yes, it's, it's really uh, been crazy on my end. Was, my first Google Hangout was with uh, uh, you and uh, uh, Greg Greenlee from uh, out of Ohio. You, you yeah, Black to know Technology, that's right. I remember that too. <laughs> You seem to know everybody in the business from the uh, uh, West Coast to the East Coast. And as we often say, you know, and you stated earlier, the Urban Tech Fair is about discovering Silicon Valley in your own backyard. There are so many people doing, uh, ordinary people doing fantastic, marvelous things with little or no resources and no recognition. So we're hoping that through putting on a series of, uh, of tech fairs, we can showcase people like yourself people that are doing good in our community, that are trying to make a difference, that are leading by example. And we are honored to have you on the show tonight. Thank you so much. So what are we talking about tonight? There's so many things going on in the technology industry. We're talking about you. You are the example that we want to lead across the nation. This is what the Urban Tech Fair is about and why we do the show because uh, you remember on the CNN special when they couldn't name any uh, black entrepreneurs. Yes, I yes, I remember 20. that. <laughs> so we want we do this show to lift up uh, uh, black entrepreneurs and tech professionals and let you talk about yourself, give you a platform to uh, make people more aware of, of who, who, who Chris Curtis is and the services you provide and an opportunity for them to network and learn with you directly. Uh, we often say in the spirit of Ubuntu, uh, we are because of all of you. And so we do this show twice a, twice a month so that we can showcase real-life examples of what we're saying when we say discover Silicon Valley in your own backyard. Wow. Okay, so where do I begin? Okay, I was, um, first of all, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, so shout-out to all my, my Philly homegirls and home guys. Um, home of the Philly cheesesteak, of course. Um, and so I started in computers when I was about eight years old. I remember um, 
for Christmas, I wanted a Commodore 64 computer. And it mm. would be, I, I begged for this computer. Please, please, please. All I want is a computer. I don't want anything else. I just want a computer. So I remember Christmas Day, 1978. <laughs> We're going back, back. We're not even going back. <laughs> We're going back, back. And I remember getting this Commodore 64, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is so cool. You can make it do all kinds of stuff, and there's programs, and you can learn how to program with this. And, you know, oh, man. So I remember I stayed up all night working on this computer, and back then computer books were like 500 pages long, you know, and it was all about (laughs) theory and, 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 and a whole bunch of fluff. Uh, about computing and things like that. And I remember I I woke up the next morning and I went to my parents and I said, can we go to the bookstore? And they're like, it's the day after Christmas. You know, what what do you want to go to the bookstore for? You just got a computer. I said, well, the book that came with the computer, like, I finished that already. And they said, no, you didn't. I said, no, really, I did. So my aunt says to me, let me see the book. So I take her the book. And, you know, when you've read a book, the spine is cracked. Yeah. Like it's cracked in multiple place, places from you turning the pages. So she holds the book and the book falls open and she goes, oh, my gosh. And I think that's when they realize, like, you know, Chris is a different kind of kid. <laughs> She's a different <laughs> kind of kid because she really, you know, like she said to me, you know, she asked me some of the questions like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? I said, oh, that means when you do this. And she goes, oh, my gosh. She's eight years old. She's already flown through a 500-page book in a matter of, you know, a a fortnight. (laughs) She's like, what in the world? So, you know, she told my father, she said, you know, we have to feed this curiosity of hers. And I think back then they thought it was a a passing fancy, and it wasn't. It wasn't. And I remember um, it it may have been the next year, and I was sitting at the table with my grandmother, and we had just finished Sunday dinner. And my, my other aunt leans over to me, and she says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I don't know. I like pictures, and I like computers. I don't know. Maybe I want to do computer pictures. I just want to make a lot of money and make pretty pictures all day long. And I remember my aunt looking at me, and she said, hmm, good luck with that. It just so happens that the aunt I was talking to at the time was a systems engineer over at Cigna, Cigna Insurance Company. And at times when I would get off early from school, I would I went to uh, Greenfield at 24th, uh, 22nd and Chestnut in Philadelphia, and I would walk down to her job after school and take the elevator up to, like, the millionth floor, <laughs> and I would go up to her office, her, her cubicle, because they didn't have offices um, then. They had cubicles. And I would sit with her, and I would look at the drawings, the logic drawings of the systems that were being designed in her department. And I would ask her a million questions. Well, what's that square mean, and what's that circle mean, and what's that arrow mean? And she gave me one of her templates from work. You can get these templates even today at Staples. And I remember trying to understand what these templates were. Like, what do these things mean? These arrows and these squares and these, you know, diamonds and like what. Funny thing is, PowerPoint didn't exist back then, so you had to do it all by hand. (laughs) So, of course, 
as I'm, you know, playing with this, and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm mimicking um, at home, you know, on my own little desk, and I'm drawing concepts of programs that I want to do on my own computer. So I would just pick a square or a shape that I liked, and I would write in the square what I wanted for the first action to be. So the first action might be, you know, enter your name, and I would put, you know, name in that box, and then I would draw an arrow and then the next thing. So little did I know that I was actually developing programs back then. I think I may have been, I want to say 12 or 13 at that time. Mm. And I remember um, my aunt, came by and she came in my room and she sees the papers on my desk and she goes, she looks at my desk and she looks at me and she goes, what is this? And I said, oh, that's a program I'm doing. I said, I used the template thingy that you gave me and I was drawing boxes like you do at work. <laughs> she said, oh, my gosh. She said, um, she said, well, would you like to come, you know, to my job one day and meet some of the people who actually do this and they can teach you what these things are and I said nah that's boring I don't want to sit around with a bunch of old guys talking about squares I said I can do squares myself <laughs> so I, you, you know I didn't go I guess she figured okay she's not ready for that yet um, so as I got to high school um, of course computer systems by that time by that time had changed and Commodore 64 went to Commodore 60, uh, 128 and then there was the TRS-80 and then you know the rest is kind of history Actually, it's kind of fuzzy because I'm old now, but, <laughs> um, you know, the evolution of computers happened, and in came things like Harvard Graphics, which was one of the first graphics programs, and Corel, which actually I believe was the predecessor to Corel Draw, and mm-hmm. that was one of the first desktop publishing applications that was available. It was very expensive. It was used by marketing departments. It was, you know, a million dollars, and the average homeowner, you know, the average person didn't buy such programs. I mean, you had to go through, you know, some type of corporate purchasing in order to get it. And I remember um, asking my parents, I said, I, I want that program, because at, at the computer lab at my school, they had this program, and I would try my best to stay after school and during my recess or, you know, downtimes at school, I would kind of skip over to the to the computer lab, and I'd want to just play with this program and learn it and, you know, flip it up and see what it could do. And I'm like, wow, you know, you can make things bigger, you can design flyers, you can do all these kind of cool things. So I said, well, how cool would it be if I started to take these pictures and kind of integrate those into, you know, these documents that I'm creating. And I started creating my own little desktop stuff. And I thought that was really cool. And in retrospect, I think they're pretty considered pretty crappy by now, <laughs> all things considered. But, you know, that's what we had to work with at the time. And, you know, everybody thought their stuff was the bomb back then. But, of course, you know, it's, it's you know, not the bomb right now. <laughs> um and I remember teaching myself this. I never took a computer class per se. It was me and a computer and a book. And I remember just wanting to, it was like my brain was a sponge. I couldn't get enough of what this computer stuff was. So, you know, as time went on, um, I started, uh, I was offered an opportunity as a summer job to work at um, an organization called University City Science Center. 
um, at that time, my Aunt Bernadine Hawes was um, one of the higher-ups. She was one of the letters at the time, CTO, CFO, something like that. Um, and so she said, hey, look, you know, we have some summer jobs open, and it would be really good for you to come in and be able to work on some of the different projects that we have here at the Science Center and get a chance to really work with real technology. And during that time in my life, I think it was about, I want to say I was like 16 maybe, um, mm. I got a chance to sit next to one of the first internet projects for Philadelphia. It was when HTML was first released. It was this new phenomenon that you could do stuff on the web. The web had just gone public and people were still kind of scratching their heads about, you know, what is this thing and what can you do with it and what can you, you know, what's it for? What, what do we do with this internet thing? You, do you read it? Do you play it? Like, what do you do with it? So, I got a chance to sit next to um, a woman whose, whose name was also Chris, by the way, so of course we clicked right away, and she showed me so many things. Now, Chris at that time was um, older, much older than I was. I was, like I said, about 16, and she was maybe like 25, 26, which, of course, when you're 16, that's old. So she was old. <laughs> and, you know, so she's flipping through the screens, and she's like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I remember being mesmerized by HTML. I'm looking at this code and I'm going, oh man, I want to learn this. I want to learn this. And I remember thinking, I remember asking her, what books can I buy to learn this? And she said, well, you know, these technologies are relatively new, but, you know, your local bookstore, Borders, or whatever was available at the time should be, you know, should carry, you know, something along this line. So I said, okay. So, of course, you know, you put your, you know, at 16, you're putting your summer dollars aside, and you're like, okay, my first day off or first time I have an opportunity, I'm going to get to the bookstore, and I'm going to raid the bookstore for every book about this HTML because I want to learn this. I want to understand this. This stuff is really cool. You can do some cool stuff with it. And um, I got a chance to get a hosting account with a company. I don't know if they still exist, but it was um, – Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a, I can't remember. It was a hosting company um, that had just started up, and they. I told them, you know, hey, look, I'm a kid. You know, I don't have a credit card. I don't have it. And they said, okay, well, look, we'll give you free space. We'll give you a little folder on our server, and I think it was something like, you know, five megs. <laughs> you know, which of course, you know, back then, five megs. That's a lot of space. <laughs> you know, you, you know how much damage you can do with five megs. <laughs> and I was dangerous. You know, I was a dangerous uh, kid with a little bit of knowledge. And you know, I, I tootled with my space, and I learned how to make these web pages. And you know, my first websites were oh man, they were crappy. And I would ask the, I would call the hosting company, and I would talk to one of the techs over there, and I'd say, Can you look at my website that I built? And you, can you tell me what you think? And so the guy didn't have the heart to tell me that my webpage sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. It was like I remember the um the domain at the time was kind of like um weborbit.com or something, you know, crazy like web something or web web spinners or something like that it was. And I remember him kind of like going, "Huh." You know, on the phone, you know when people go, huh? That's because they don't know what to say because it's that bad. <laughs> so, um, 
I, you know, I said to the guy, I said, well, what do you think of, uh, you know, my website? And it was like black and purple with neon pink and something was flying across the screen and the text was dark and the, no, the the background was black and the text was white, which of course was a no-no, you know, for anybody who does marketing, you know, that's not really what you want to have on the web, you know, to represent you know, anything, quite honestly, because, you know, it's very hard for people to read dark on light. It's much easier to read light on dark. So I didn't understand anything about typography or marketing or anything about um, uh, uh, human factors and where the eye goes when you're reading. And I didn't know about all that stuff. That that Those things weren't even a science back then, at least not for computing. It may have been for as it relates to print, but not for web yet. So um, that, ter- that page was terrible. It was terrible, but I loved it, and I was so proud of it, and I showed all my friends, and I showed my parents, and I showed anybody who would look at this terrible web page that I had made. <laughs> and I remember I saved it to a disk, because back then you could fit a whole website on a floppy disk. You know. Right. Um, we're still in the floppy disk ages at this time, 1986, 1987. And, um, you know, I, I remember saving it, and I stumbled across that disk, I, I want to say like around 1996. And I laughed my behind off when I was <laughs> opened this terrible page that I had created, and I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, and I showed so many people. <laughs> I hope nobody remembers this. And, of course, there's the Internet Archives where you can go and look up anything. So hopefully they don't have any record of that because there's no indication of the my skill set that has greatly, you know, changed from then to now. But it's really funny <laughs> to sit back and remember, you know, how crappy that web page was, but I was so proud of it. And, you, you know, know, from there it uh, really – I'm sorry? You know, that is a uh, a fantastic story, not to say that, that you were a prodigy, but just to have that type of uh, uh, interest and initiative to get so deeply involved in uh, technology at such a young age. Uh, I know now they have the issue, and I know you've been involved there on the East Coast with uh, getting more girls involved in, uh, in STEM. How would you relate uh, your coming up? Uh, uh, to what the kids need now. I mean, do they need mentors like the uh, the lady Chris that helped you, or do they need better books or or, or access? Well, or? I think from I think from an there's a lot of issues there with STEM and and ways that we can help our our young girls today get involved in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math um, initiatives and get them kind of on their way. The first thing is giving them the right educational tools. I, for one, as I mentioned before, I never really took a computer class. I couldn't sit still long enough. To me, computer classes were boring. Give me the book with the steps of what to do and how to do it and let me run with it. Let let me learn that way and let me... Um, play around with it, and let me evolve my learning into actual um, things that can do things. And I was always happy with that, and I realized everybody doesn't learn that way. So my experience with technology is a little bit different because I learned hands-on from a lot of the authors who wrote the books that I was reading. Back then, tech tech books had... um, 
the, uh, you might have had the email address of the author so that if you were doing the examples in the book, you could contact them and say, hey, I'm having a problem with, you know, Chapter 3, Exercise 4. Can you help me out? Here's where my script is posted, and, you know, can you help me troubleshoot? So I was able to make a lot of connections um, just in my youth from reaching out to people and saying, hey, look, I'm a teen, you know, I'm I'm an I'm a twenty something, you know, I need I'm trying to teach myself how to do this. Can you can you work with me? I was lucky that back then a lot of people were um forthcoming with their knowledge without fees. <laughs> forthcoming with their knowledge without fees. And I was able to um, talk with them. And actually there was one person, I, I have to mention his name. His name is Tom Boutel. And Tom Boutel um, has such an amazing contribution to um, to technology today. And it's funny because he was one of the authors that I contacted, and it just so happened that I met him on a forum. Remember, back in the day, we didn't have, uh, uh, for, well, not forums, but one of the chat rooms. Um, actually, the chat room on AOL, how funny is that? And um, <laughs> and and I remember um, I hit him up, and I said, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm reading your book. No, I said, hey, I'm, I sent him an email. I said, I'm reading your book. Can you help me, blah, blah, blah. And... I remember I had left my phone number, and he called me. And here I am, this young, you know, 20-something, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm talking to the author of a book. You know, because when you're in your 20s, that's a big deal. You're talking to the yeah. author of a book. Now, mind you, he was my age, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know at the time. But he spent a lot of time with me answering questions, helping me troubleshoot, taking me by the hand, showing me different things. And we actually became friends over the years. Now, a lot of people may not know Tom Boutel's name, but what you may know is something called Authorize.net. And Authorize.net, I believe, is now um, a product of Wachovia. And Wachovia purchased the... um, I'm trying to think what it's called now. Yeah, Authorize.net used to be something called Processing.net. Processing.net was an original online payment processing application that was built by Tom Boutel. How cool is that? Like, little did I know that this is who this guy would become. So, of course, he made quite a bit of dollars, you know, he had this processing.net, and then he turned that over to, um, I don't think it was originally Wachovia. It was another company that bought it, and then Wachovia, I'm sorry, not Wachovia, Wells Fargo bought authorized.net, and that's who has it now. It's still going. It's a technology that's used today. You can pay thirty nine ninety five and process credit cards right on your screen. And how cool is it that just by me sending an email to this guy once upon a way back when, I was talking to the guy who, who built this technology. So I got to meet a lot of really cool people um, at a time when technology was up and coming. So I consider myself extremely lucky that I was able to um, come into technology at a time when the wave was 
um, on an upswing and everything was new and technology changed like every three months. And if you could keep up with it, good luck and Godspeed and keep going. You know, that's, that's pretty much how it was. Now, how that relates to today is that a lot of the information and a lot of the technologies that existed back then still work today. They have evolved into things like Java, like for example, C programming evolved into Java, evolved into JavaScript. Still available today. It's mm. been around for years. Um, kids today have a much better access to information than I did when I was coming up in technology because a lot of the books that are available today weren't written yet back then. Mm-hmm. You had tech people who gathered in chat rooms and forums and websites and um, you know the green screen boards and things like that where they would all say, hey, guys, look at what I'm building. Check this out. You know, that's how we pass information along because the books weren't written yet. And today there's tech books everywhere. And one of my favorite places that I always recommend to anyone who wants to learn anything about technology is a place called peachpit.com. Now, I don't get any endorsements for pushing them, but I love their uh, books. See, they have see, a series. See, see that, uh... Absolutely. It's www.peachpit.com. And Peach Pit books. Peach, like the fruit, Peach Pit. Yeah. Oh, Peach, like, okay. Yes, P-E-A-C-H-P-I-T.com. Peachpit.com has a series of books called the Visual Quick Start Guides. I recommend those books, especially for the kids. The reason why is because back in the day we had books with all the theory and discussion. and It skips all of that. It skips all of that. It goes right to here are the tools you need to learn how to program this. When you have those things, you turn the page. Exercise number one, type this, type this, type that. You've got a script. And each page builds on the le- each each lesson on each page builds on the last lesson you just did. So by the time you get to the end of the book, you've actually built just about any kind of application you could ever think of in any language mm. that you happen to be learning about at the time. How cool is that? That is that is amazing. You know, it's so funny because you you um you don't really sometimes see the power that you have until you've um until it's been until it's been earned you know especially mm-hmm. with programming because most programs only do four things add edit update delete or we can say display there you go five things add edit update <laughs> delete display there you go that's all every single program in the universe does one or like some combination of those five things. I don't care if it's a digital phone book. I don't care if it's Facebook. I don't care if it's a web a website or a phone app. They all do the same thing. Add, edit, update, delete, and display. That's it. In different colors with different information for different audiences. And it's literally that simple. So if you have the right tools, 
that can help you build the add, the edit, the update, the delete, or the display, or any combination thereof, you can build anything you want. Anything. Anything. Just close your eyes and think of a thing, and you have the power to do it. And with those books, it makes it very easy for the younger generation to grasp the information quickly. I, I encourage people to use those particular books because, like I said, from beginning to end, you are learning and building on each lesson with the previous lesson. But you can also do it in a weekend. You can start on a Friday and finish by Sunday. And if you're really, really good, by the following week, if you continue to do what you're doing, you can darn near be an expert in adding, editing, updating, deleting, or displaying <laughs> any information you want in the language you just learned. Now, Chris, um, uh, we're we're about halfway through the show, and, you know, it's really been fascinating, uh, you know, uh, learning about the resources and hearing your passion for uh, coding and developing and the uh, the vision that you have relative to how technology is affecting uh, uh, the lives we live. But I was wondering, Jackie's kind of doing double duty there. She's probably trying to repost as fast as I'm taking notes. But Jackie, <laughs> do you have anybody in the uh, chat room or any questions that have come up? Well, okay, next is if anyone have any questions, because we have Kelvin and Arlie Brown and a few other people in the chat room. So if you do have any questions, please post your questions. And if you'd like to call in, the call-in number is 646-716-7994. Um, just call in, and um, we love to hear from you. And um, real quick, we're going to take a quick commercial, and this commercial is really quick, and then we're going to come right back. Ladies, let's face it, every woman cannot be a size 2, nor should you want to be. I am frankly tired of the false advertising. This is why fitness is different. Our exercise and dance series is something every woman can actually do. You can do this. Our dance DVD has one-on-one instructions, two levels to choose from so you can go at your own pace, and targets our three main fat areas of our body, our midsection, our thighs, and our arms. Join the movement today and visit www.fitness.com for details. That's P-H-I-T-N-U-S dot com. Enter code RADIO to receive your discount offer. Okay. So while we're taking this break real quick in between, Kurt, um, Chris, to allow everyone to be able to connect with you, I did post a resource in the chat room, but could you share with us your website, how people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can join 29,000 other techie people, marketers, information sharers, and tweeters on Twitter with me at WebBusiness. My, again, my handle is WebBusiness, that's two Bs, W-E-B-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Look up Chris Curtis Crawford. I'm right there. And you can also catch me on my website at www.chris-curtis.com. I have to say that because I just got married in September, so I haven't purchased chriscurtiscrawford.com yet. Don't you guys run out and steal my domain either. But I'm getting around to it. <laughs> I am getting around to it. Maybe my husband will do it for me. Um, but www.chris-curtis.com. You were a happy bride. You posted up some great pictures. You had a wonderful wedding. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we had a very small wedding with friends and family, um, most of whom we invited through Facebook because we, we were actually supposed to get married in February this year, 
And um, after the passing of my mom, we said, you know what, time waits for no one. So we moved the date up to September 22nd. 22 is a number that just holds um, a lot of uh, power for us, and so that was important to us to get married on a two or a, or a double two. And so September 22nd, we tied the knot. And my husband is, he is a gadget guy. <laughs> if there's a gadget to buy, he he is off to the races and hey check this out and you know what he found some really cool stuff recently. Um, Microsoft has an ergonomic mouse. I forget, I think I forget it's like called Air something, and it bends to your hand. And I happen to have um, uh, the early carpal tunnel symptoms in my right hand. Oh. Right hand. And so mm-hmm. he got me this this. Um, Oh, he's handing it to me. Thanks, babe. It's called the Arc Touch Mouse. <laughs> You're cool he is. right there with you. That's okay. right. He's right here for me when I need him. Love him. Um, and so it's a it's a blue check technology mouse that flattens out, so you can put it on any surface, and it actually bends to your hand. So you know these are some really cool gadgets that he finds, and you know I love that he is a techie at heart as well, and. You know, it's great to find someone who shares your love of technology and also <clears throat> and also who, um, you know, understands, you know, me as a career woman. And, you know, that's, that's something that's a little bit different also. Um, a lot of women are not tech people. You know, there, I mean, there are a lot of us out there, but the majority of the industry is male. And so, you know, to have someone in your life who understands your passion for technology, your passion for programming and building and creating online environments, it's it's really awesome. It really is. And he's he's an asset in that he's a he's a neutral set of eyes. Um, you know, when I'm working on projects and he he'll he's just as quick to say, No, 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 I don't like that color <laughs> or move that to the left or right or, you know, what would be cool? You know, he'll he'll talk to me in the middle of the night and say, you know, what if you did this? <laughs> Sometimes even more than I do, you know. And, you know, I the enthusiasm that he adds to my life and even to just the passion that I have for doing what I do is just a perfect fit and I'm really happy. Well well now Chris uh, you know, you've taken us down your lifelong journey from when you were eight and got your first Commodore computer to when you were twenty something and you were really into uh, developing your, uh, your 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 coding skills, your programming skills. Now, as a uh, as a professional, I'm not going to say as a as an adult because you're still a young girl. As a as a professional uh, in the industry. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your company, the type of consulting services you give, uh, what your uh, a vision is as an entrepreneur, and, and uh, the way that you're trying to give back to uh, uh, the Philadelphia community. Well, one of the projects that I am really, really looking forward to is a community project called Philadelphia Black. And Philadelphia Black has been a long time coming um, since 2007, I had this idea that I really wanted to do a give-back project for the community. Um, everybody has a gift to share with the world, and mine happens to be web-related. So I thought, well, why not create an environment that will help 
a community that needs to share information in new and different ways and make it affordable for people to be able to exchange and post information and resources for the Philadelphia metropolitan area, which also, by the way, includes Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland up to Baltimore. Um, So it's a very large area, and I thought, you know what, this would be really cool um, there are a lot of communities, um, especially in the African-American communities, where information is plentiful, but if you're not in the right social circles, you won't get that information. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I've always taught, um, you know, regardless of the circle, regardless of the um, the cultural demographic, is that information wants to be shared, period. It wants to be free, and it wants to be shared. It's people who need money, (laughs) but the information wants to be free. (laughs) And so when you're in um, a position to be able to provide the technology and the information and do so as so many people had done for me, as I said earlier, um, sharing knowledge sounds fee, um, it really is a great way to – for me to give back with this community portal. And we have we have we set a launch date and then something happened and then we had to take it back and you know, I really do think that Twitter and Facebook have been instrumental in keeping the concept of Philadelphia Black and the knowledge sharing initiative um alive because there's no website today. So it's been purely social media and email contact and it has been for almost eight years. It's a long time, right? And so okay, you have to yeah. think you have to think that, you know, with something as huge as this that, you know, you've got to have mass marketing and to reach this to reach this large market. And guess what? People have um I did one press release I think back in two thousand eight and so many people I mean literally it was hundreds. Like I sent the press release out and I woke up the next morning and I went, Oh, my God, I had over 200 emails of people saying, how can I help? And I'm talking from major corporations down to small business owners and, you know, entrepreneurs who were just starting out saying, how can I help? And I thought, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, you think of it a business idea, especially when it's web-related, and you think people aren't paying attention, and they really are. So Philadelphia Black is um, a project that I'm really looking forward to, hopefully, over the next few months, launching that. Um, as far as um, um, Chris excuse Curtis, me, Chris, I just sure, um, sure. just want to take a break here, real quick. I want to. I'm gonna go back real quick because I was wanted to write it down. What was that gadget your husband gave for the carpal tunnel syndrome first? Sure, for carpal tunnel syndrome, um, it's it's called the Arc Touch Mouth. It's A R C O U C H, and it's two words: the Arc Touch Mouth. Um, okay. By Microsoft. Okay, great. And, and it's, by that. the way, it is a Bluetooth mouse. So it plugs okay. right in and it works and it's really cool. And it doesn't, and, you know, for people who really have, you know, problems with, you know, typing, or not problems, but who spend long hours on a keyboard or on your mouse, and, you, you know, I know I tend to put pressure when I'm on my mouse, I tend to put it on the um, the bottom meat portion of my thumb, like that, that meaty mm-hmm. area right below your thumb, that tends to be where my pressure is when I hold my, my regular mouth. Well, mm-hmm. with this mouth, there's no pressure there. 
And so it doesn't agitate the muscles in your hand. So it's really good for you, and it does take the pressure off of your hands. So if anybody is, you know, looking for ergonomic uh, ways to address your your workstation space, um, you know, I definitely recommend uh, this particular mouse as, you know, something to help with your hands. Yeah, that's because it's great. Let's do a lot of typing. After a while, you do need that. And then I want to come on to your Philadelphia Black before you move on. I actually have seen it. I was always wondering what it was. I've seen it on Facebook. And um, you're like, who so are these people? You, <laughs> yeah. I never heard these you know, people. Why are they like, um, Why are they the construction? Yeah, artists came from Florida and did this initiative, you know, Philly and Black, because he was from Florida and he came and, you know, he goes to different places and, He's trying to figure out what's going on in the African-American community. So I saw Philadelphia Black, and I was curious as to exactly what that was. But I did want to let you know that we just held our first meeting this week um, for the Philadelphia Urban Tech Fair, and we're looking to launch it in October. So, you know, we, that would be great for us to work with you, you know, to help with that because that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, showcasing, um, you know, what's already existing. And definitely, you know, we're going to be listening and providing resources. So if there's anything we can do to help, you know, you know, Get we're here. Get the word out. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I really so appreciate that. We can that. definitely make and that a centerpiece of it. And, you know, that, that, you know, technology is not just about building and sharing information. It's also about networking with people who can mm-hmm. help you share what you're building and what you're, um, what, you know, sharing your content across the globe. And it really uh, does begin with one person helping another person share their resource with someone else or with another that, group. And it snowballs. That is so true. I, I often say that, you know, the secret of Silicon Valley was collaboration. There was no major tech company that you can name that was built by one person. It took a team of different skills and people sharing knowledge and willing to take a risk and work together. You're so on point. Yep, and, I mean, it's so easy to do. And, you know, I always say to my husband, you know, when when you're in a position to help someone and it doesn't hurt you, just go and do it. Just go and do it. Well, you have been a benefactor of that. Uh, I know that you're working with, with kids as well, if I remember correctly, beyond your uh, Philadelphia and Black Project. You're also doing some uh, uh, youth work. Um, I do a lot of speaking engagements with um, local uh, schools, um, specifically in the Philadelphia School District. Um, I definitely love going to the schools and talking to the kids about, you know, different I, – what I do is I take things that they're familiar with today and I explain to them how it relates to technology. And I'll give you an example. Um, one of the exercises I do with the kids, I say, okay, what is a cell phone? What shape is that? They go – a rectangle. Okay. With this rectangle, what is 
you know, the the screen resolution. And it's so cool because, you know, everybody has different phones now. So everybody's screen resolution is a little bit different. <laughs> but back when all the screen resolutions were pretty much the same, you know, they would say, you know, three, 320 by, you know, 480 or whatever. And um, I would say, okay, if I have a square that's 100 pixels by 100 pixels, how many squares can I fit in on my cell phone screen? How many can I fit on my, my home screen? How many apps can I fit at that size? And they would say, well, three across, four down. i say, exactly. You're doing algebra. And they'd all look at me and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing algebra. And the math teachers would go, oh, my God, that's so cool. I never thought of that. And I said, yeah, you know, 3x <laughs> plus, four, you know, 4y four, four equals, you know, this, you know, yeah. circumference. So they would go, Oh my gosh, you know, this is really cool that, you know, you're relating math to them in a way that they're looking at it every day and it's not scary anymore. Um, and that's just one example, but I do a couple of other exercises with the kids and I explain to them about, you know, the importance of understanding geometry. You know, I talk to them, you know, what's shooting pool? Anybody here ever, you know, shoot pool on the pool table? And some kids will raise their hand and say, okay, well, what's the point of the pool game? Well, to shoot the eight ball. Okay, so when you're shooting an eight ball, you're shooting on what shape? They go, a rectangle. I say, okay, the rectangle has how many pockets? They say six. I say, okay, there's how many balls on the table? They say, okay, there's, you know, let's say we're playing eight balls. So there's eight. Okay, great. So you have six pockets, eight balls on a rectangle, right? And they go, yeah. And I said, okay, so when you're positioning your cue ball to hit one of the balls into the pockets, you have to do it on the angle, right? And they go, yeah. I said, okay, guess what? You're doing geometry. And they go, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they go, what? Are you serious? And I said, yeah, check this out. This angle is an isosceles triangle. This angle is a is a right triangle. And they go, oh, man, check that out. It's all just rectangles. Um, I mean, yeah, it's all not, not rectangles. I'm sorry, triangles. And they all get excited and go, oh, man, I didn't look at it that way. And when you explain things to kids in a way that they understand and can relate to it, um, on their level, in the non-technical terms, um, with using things that they understand from everyday use or from common use, it sparks a different kind of um, inquisitiveness in them. When mm-hmm. you make it less scary and you make it, you know, less pressurized for them to learn these triangles, you know, you instead of saying, show me a right triangle, say, okay, put this ball here and this ball here and that ball there, and let's say this ball is X number of inches apart, and that, you know, these two balls are X number of inches apart. Show me what, you know, the the area of this triangle is. Show me what the area of, of these balls are, and they, and they can do it. They can do mm-hmm. it when you give it to them in a way that they understand. And so... You know, a lot of what I've been doing is trying to educate youth that, you know, especially the ones who need the extra encouragement because you have a lot of kids who want to be techie. They want to be savvy. And then you have the opposite end of the pole where you have, you know, the ones who are heading, you know, full speed ahead for multimillionaire at 12 because they're looking already at, you know, things they can do and, and um, you know, how they can do it. I remember recently I was at um, a grade school. Let, let, let me let me interrupt you, yeah. Chris. 
because uh, we're coming up on the 8 o'clock hour, and this has been a, a great show. We've got to have you back again. But I don't want to end the show without you talking about the business services that you provide and giving a pitch for your company in terms of any small business that may need uh, uh, assistance in terms of marketing or, or uh, consulting. If you just want to tell the uh, our audience and, and we'll also the have online listeners what you do and how to reach you. Okay, well, let's take a quick question first. Is that um, want anybody to be left out? Okay. Uh, okay. Any free or low-cost resources for app development? Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite ones is called magneto.com, and I'll, get, I'll spell that for you, M-A-G-M-I-T-O.com. Is that That's M as in Nancy? Mary. M-A-G. M as in Mary. Oh, okay. And they have a WYSIWYG version for app development if you just need something really quick. And you can customize it with your own logos and buttons and things like that. It's really cool. It is low cost. There is a paid version. I forget what the price is. I haven't been on there in a while. I think they actually just lowered their prices. And they do submit to the app market. It's a really cool way to develop an app online. You can even use HTML pages to develop your app, and it's a great resource for someone who just needs to get something up and done really quick. Okay. All righty, that was for R. Lee. Kelvin says it's nine ninety nine. It's nine ninety nine. Thank you, Kelvin. <laughs> See how fast the internet brings that. Put that information out there. It's gonna come back. That's right. That's right. Each one, teach one, and share. Yes. So, okay, so tell that was us about it. the uh, the name of your company, Chris. It's what, Chris what services you provide. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the services I provide are web design and programming. But understand that that web design and programming is on a business level. So it's not just web design from the spectrum of templates or anything like that. It's actually with a scope of business development and marketing strategy built into your web design and programming. So I build with your goals in mind, and I look at the type of business you have and build according to what your desired outcome is, hopefully to position yourself for profitability. Um, I also do website management. I have um, consulting services for corporate, small business, project management. I work with everybody from small business owners and entrepreneurs up to celebrities, newsmakers, politicians, and campaigns. So, I'm all over the map. It's just a matter of whether or not I can, you know, fit you into my schedule when, you know, my schedule is available. And, you know, I look forward to working with all different types of projects, everything from, you know, hair care to, like I said, political campaigns and everything in between. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who still don't understand their, Um, ability online as opposed to brick and mortar or being able to take advantage of more than just a mailing list. And even if you just want to call me and have a free consultation, I'll give you my number. It's 302-319-2292. And I'll say that again. It's 302-319-2292. I'll be happy to talk with you about your project or your idea. 
great. And uh, I know that you have a lot of wisdom to share as you've uh, illustrated here on this show in the last hour. You know, your depth and knowledge of uh, technology beyond just the uh, uh, the practical goes back, uh, 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 boy, I would like to say you start talking about 70s, you back to the beginning with the Commodores. Uh, That's right. You've had a lot of... You've had a lot of experience, and you, you've learned uh, a lot of good skills, and then you're willing and open to share it and to help others along the way. You know, it is truly, I think, you epitomize uh, uh, women in tech, uh, women supporting and networking each other with each other and your accomplishments. We're just truly honored uh, uh, to have you on the show. And just for your information, in case, in case you're unaware, the show is uh, archived and people can uh, uh, download uh, versions, so we'll keep you abreast of uh, any uh, feedback we get from other people that uh, download it later on during the week during their conversion. We sometimes get follow-up emails. But we're just truly happy to have you on the show and to have you be a, uh, a part of the, uh, uh, the Urban Tech Fair movement. I know in Philly, you, Norm, uh, Jackie have been working towards things. Jackie, you want to say something real quick? since we're coming up at the end of the hour about your meeting with the uh, state rep there in Philadelphia? Uh, we had a great meeting with State Representative Curtis Thomas and Norm Bond and Eileen Gasson, president of the Philly BDPA. And um, so we have a, a, a great outline in all where we're going to start. Uh, we're going to be going to some um, a couple of tech conventions are coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be attending those. We um, want to look at putting a, a focus on and helping to develop paraprofessional, um, you know, jobs and opportunities to help develop that part of the workforce, which allows people to be able to earn, a, you know, a better income with, you know, before they have to, you know, get their four-year degree and all so that they can, you know, go to school for a short amount of time, earn a decent income, and then continue on for their bachelor's and their master's and all. And, um, and also, in the meantime, I hope there was someone else um, in that Gerard Avenue commercial corridor who's had a, a works with the um, Black Chamber of Commerce and a lot of other different commerces and those all of these STEM um organizations that are right there already in Philadelphia that, um, again, we learned that a lot of us, there are things going on right around us that I learned in like 24 hours that other people don't know, and we don't realize all that's going on right around us. So we definitely want to bring that connector in. And we um, we have a conference call next Saturday, anyone in the Philadelphia area, um, we have a conference call next Saturday, so if you want to um, just call in, um, we're going to be reaching out to the um, rest of the team, all those who want to volunteer, and um, it's like it's really exciting. We got some real good things going. We have a lot of work, but some really good things going, and um, we have some dynamite people with the BDPA, and just that immediate networking, like you said, Chris. Um, BDPA has another 15 slots in their computer class, and they're going to make it available to youth in um, State Representative Thomas Curtis District. 
and um, just right there with some immediate networking. And um, also uh, we're working with assistive technologies with Society for Helping, and they're, um, they've agreed to, you know, partner with us, which also gives us space that we can meet in. And so that we're also, everything that we're doing is also going to be accessible to the deaf, you know, the urban deaf, to make sure that all our information and resources and technology is also accessible to that community. Well, it's been a, a wonderful show. And, uh, Chris, I, I can only drool over you and, and tell you how proud I am to, to call you a friend and to hear that, you know, your life is going well and all the good work that you're doing. As I said in the beginning of this conversation, it's people like you that inspired uh, Jackie and us daily uh, to to move forward with the Urban Tech Fair because you are, you know, selfishly out there doing the uh, dot-com thing and and, and bringing awareness uh, in your community as well as uh, across the globe. So we thank you, Chris, and uh, we look forward to having you back because I could tell you've got a lot more to say. (laughs) Chris? Yes, you know I do have a lot to say, and I want to thank you for having me on, and thank you for recognizing me during Women's History Month. Yes, well definitely. Deserved, well deserved. Now, Jackie likes to end the show a certain way, so Jackie, go on and do your thing. Okay, well, I've had my say, so um, we'll... Jim, and we're going to start with Jim, and we're going to end with you, Chris. You have 30 seconds in the whole world listening. What would you like to share? Okay, yeah. starting with me. Starting mm-hmm. with me, the, the, Urban Tech Fair, the Urban Tech Fair is a, a national movement to promote access, education, and commerce. Uh, we look forward to uh, uh, supporting uh, volunteerism, collaboration, and community building across this country. It's an innovation nation, and we want to make sure our community is not left out. Chris. Okay, 30 seconds in the world is listening. So I first want to say that um, everybody, everybody on this earth has something to give. God has given each one of us a gift, and please take the time, learn your talent, follow and pursue Whatever it is that you feel is is driving you to be great, be it music, technology, math, teaching, education, whatever it is, whatever it is, um, because there is a gift in each one of us, and each one of us can learn and give to another person. And with that being said, um, it's really important to know that there is no contribution to another person that is too little or too much. Amen. Thank you again, and we look forward to uh, joining with everybody again. And when is Jackie in two weeks? Yes, Next April show. 6th, where our guest will be Marquise Johnson of Urban Images. Great. Have a good night, and thank you all. God all bless. Right, peace.
picture Even on them days when the lights was out You keep it there right on the brother's side Whether we up or whether down Cause we believe that everything that goes that way Can easily be turned around We just keep our heads to the sky Our prayers a little higher, girl I ain't got it now but I'm a show by I believe in love And I won't die without it, girl I believe in love So I ain't dying without you She dream of token Biggest diamond you've ever seen I dream of rolling the smoothest caddy to hit the street Part inside of the house with the picket fence Somewhere in Florida living larger than the president That's what we believe in You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.